Special T-shirt on as well. Huh? Me too. I just got this one. But see, this is funny. With the previous camera, you couldn't see my... With, now with this wide, wide angle. Anyway, we're I've live. been trying to work out what it, what it is. What is your T-shirt this week? So I just got this two days ago from my sister. Oh, it's an ice cream. Oh, wow. I, I took me se it took me several times looking at it to get it as well. Yeah, but I just see ice cream. Isn't it also... It is also what I think it is on top. It is, isn't it? Because that's what I thought I it was. I think it's whatever you want to see. At first I was like, oh, an ice cream. What are those, like craters, moons? <laughs> chocolate no, chips. No, I don't, I think it's something else. <laughs> it's their chocolate chips is what it is. But they, when I first saw it, I We're thought it was- We're keeping it like family friendly. Show we are keeping it I thought it was the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. Oh, that's a funny one. That's what I was just from looking at the top. And what's the mug? Is it the same mug as last week? Well, the mug is my usual... Oh, look at that. My usual mug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm staying with this one for now because I just think it's really cool. And it feels it's a nice fantastic mug. I really, really like it. It's super cool. One of my colleagues, her, her partner works for Iron and Glory. And they've also got it on the other side. Iron and Glory? Oh, is that the company? That's the company. Right. This week's T-shirt... I saved it. Oh, that is so good. I like it a lot. Yeah. That is yeah. very and, cool. Yes, it is. And it was from Celebration Europe, which is a Star Wars kind of Comic-Con thing. And on, it had, does have a back print. You're not going to be able to read. but it, I can't it, really see it, no. Yeah, it says, in prime condition, a real bargain. Fantastic. And You know what? It's It makes me laugh because I strongly suspect, which makes sense to have that t-shirt in the first place, that there would be quite a large overlap of a Venn diagram between, you know, or three circle Venn diagram, possibly, no? Yeah. Between metal lovers and Star Wars lovers? I, maybe I not, maybe not, maybe not. I thought you were going to say that. I mean, I say that. metal, it's like classic, classic hard rock rather than... Yeah, metal, it's, really. it's classic, it's old, like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm I wrong. I, I don't know if there is. I mean, I have no I numbers to back up this opinion at all, whatsoever. I mean, to be fair, a lot of my friends who are into heavy metal do like Star Wars, but I think there's. There you go. We be, have proof now. <laughs> it would be it would be an interesting Venn diagram. For highly, you. highly researched statistical analysis from the <laughs> strategic planner here. <laughs> well, I mean, your instincts might be right. There is, there is. I mean, Comic Con, right? I saw Rick and Morty, Game of Thrones, Star Wars, like, and then tons of obscure stuff that I just had no clue what it was, but as well as all the Marvel and DC and all that. What, did the, you watch several of the panels? Is that what you mean? No, no, just the people dressed oh, up. Oh, just like what was happening? Yeah. And the, the, but, but uh, the, there, is, there is somewhere where there's a big overlap between everything, but I think it's less than people might think. How would we measure it? But anyway, that's a whole other topic. I don't. You'd know have to go into the. That. You'd have to go into the genres of heavy metal and all of that because I'm a bit of an anomaly anyway. So. Oh, you would actually go into. I would. I was meaning this broadly, like well, broadly, people who like ACDC and people who like Star Wars. How much of an overlap is there? Not Probably, much, I think. Really? I mean, yeah, ACDC is really. classic. Okay. It is. I mean, but then you've got ACDC fans themselves. But we don't have any, We neither of us have any clue how to back up our opinion at this point. No, this is pure opinion. You've got ACDC fans who are like super old and are like, you know. It was it's all the Star Wars fans. This, and then you've got the Star Wars fans who are like blah, blah, blah. Like it, okay, so it, if you count, yes, if you count multi-generational and all the kids <laughs> who grew up with the other Star Wars movies who may not have grew, grown up with ACDC necessarily. However, if, guess who's shown them the Star Wars movies and the first Star Wars movies were probably watched by people who also listened to ACDC to a certain extent. I don't know. <laughs> Which reminds me of the pupil at my school who was like, episodes one, two, and three are better than episodes four, five, and six. Yes, of course. Complete idiot. Of course. Although he loves ACDC and plays guitar, so. See, here you go. What's funny is that you have you seem to have more examples off the top of your head of people who like both, but you don't believe in the the overall. 
No, but I'm not going to go there because there are other people I know who get offended. Because we have other things to talk about, maybe. And we have other things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which... We are live. We're still not advertising this thing, so I don't think anybody's watching. It's just well, I have, right I have it on some of my wallpapers. Oh, you do have it? Occasionally, yeah. No, and, uh, I, I, I thought for a hot second about advertising it, then I forgot. And then I thought about it again just before, and then I was like, well, I don't know what the link is. Anyway. <laughs> it came too hard. But this is Teaching Tangents Summer Sessions. Yes. Keep up with the alliteration, guys. It's hot. And it's hot. It's summer. It's hot. And well, we have the whole heat wave in, in Western Europe. And what people do in the summer is nothing, right? I don't know. Do they? They play. In the summer, they play, right? The kids. Kids play, yes. Kids play. How do we Kids make play the most? And yes. All right. So, how do we make the most of summer? Is that the yeah? Question? How do we make the most of summer? That's my question. To me, right now. <laughs> to you, right now. How do you make the most of summer? I, it's just such a difficult question to answer. Like that. <laughs> I, I'm like, I immediately go towards. I don't think I'm thinking the most of summer. I'm. I'm at home. It's blistering hot in Paris. Uh, trying to use all sorts of old like grandma tricks to try to keep the apartment relatively cool. Not sure if I'm succeeding, but I've wasted a lot of time trying. <laughs> but that's that's what summer is. It's about trying stuff and not worrying about how long it takes. And you think you're wasting time, but you're not, which is kind of what plays Why in that you just really, really want to put this play thing in there, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do, because summer is about play. Summer is about how do you, although as we get older, I think when we're young, summer is all about play, and then as you get older, it becomes about how do you make the most of, like, the time you've got when the sun's out, and then maybe it goes back to play again, because you've just finished deep work, and I think deep work and everything about play relate. I, I could okay sure I mean yeah we can make connections all like all day long let's I do enjoy doing that for sure so I don't know how to make the most of summer there, there's one philosophy which actually does link to the deep work thing which is about saying like you need to plan it which is what we talked about last time so we did talk about planning your playtime and or vacation holidays uh, versus just going spontaneous Mm -hmm. uh, which actually this week I caught up with my Playful Strategy Weekly videos and uh, in one of the, um, uh, so I'm going over the different aspects of the definition of play in one of the books that should be in my desk. I thought you just had uh, it right in your hand. What? I thought which you just one? had the book. Oh, you had the Stuart Brown book in your hand, didn't you? In my hand now? No, I, you, you just, I have a pen. Just a second ago. No. No, the Stuart Brown book is on the same little table over there. Oh, okay. I thought you weighed something over in your hand. In your uh, left hand. No, my mug. <laughs> oh, it was your mug. I thought your mug was the book. <laughs> I don't know. This is a pretty, like, I, I can I can feel this is a really, really good episode already in the making. It um, is. It's just like a Rick and Morty episode. I know we're enjoying ourselves. Go, ourselves. If anybody watches we this, are. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I mean, most random podcasts. Um, I don't even remember what I was talking about now. You were talking oh, about Oh yeah, no, I do planning. remember. So one of the aspects, one of the six aspects of the definition of play from the book Man, Play and Games from sociologist Roger Kaywa uh, is that play is an activity that is uncertain. So for there to be play, there has to be uncertainty. So you, the, uh, the outcome like is not entirely podcast. clear, like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we clearly just, we can go over every aspect of the definition. We match it. Maybe not every six all the time, possibly so. Um, and I remember this awesome example from a few years ago from a campaign. So each episode I have like one point from a book plus two mm -hmm. illustrations from brands uh, mm -hmm. or other videos on YouTube that I link to basically. So they might be ads. They're not always brands or ads, but most of the time they are. Uh, and I remember this thing from Heineken, the beer brand who uh, had this installation in an airport and they called it the departure roulette. And so they, the, the gig was that they were set up in an airport with this big thing and a green, um, it was because it's the you know, Heineken is gr green, uh, his brand color. 
anyway, they stopped people on the way to their chicken to departure at the airport and said, hey, you could, what are you doing here? Are you going, oh, I'm going on vacation. Okay, great. Where are you going? Da, da, da. All right, cool. Well, listen, here's the deal. You could go on your trip or if you feel up for it, you could press the big red button on the departure roulette. It's going to give you a new destination. We pay for that trip, but you just change all your plans. So and it was like, a, they made a fantastic video of people going, no, 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 I'm not changing my plans. They're going, okay, all right, let's do it. Where am I going? And then they press the big button and there's a random destination that shows up and, you know, the big theater. And yeah. uh, it's cool because it's it's traveling. You could imagine, I don't know if it was summer when they did it, but summer vacation. And this thing of planning versus spontaneous and this was a pure fantastic example of uncertainty and play together because you don't know where you're going and i didn't want to go towards anything gambling because i think i talked about that with you yeah. or somebody else and yeah, i didn't want to go to that because it's too easy and gambling is not play which is a whole other topic in itself okay. um uh, and actually that's covered in the Stuart brown book as well there's a few different things about addiction and addictive behaviors um but this was just enhancing something that's already there that is yeah. the people they're stopping are already yeah. anticipating a trip yeah. they're going away they're outside of their normal environment they're already packed they're outside of their house they've they've left home so or you could go with a uh, joseph campbell like hero's journey they've already left home but they were on the track to a journey and this is jumping in and going hey how about going somewhere completely different nicole unexpected <laughs> and brand new. And it fulfills a couple of different things, which is when you want, it's easy to want spontaneity, spontaneity in travel and in play and in vacation, but the older you get, the more risky it is. And the older you get, the more complicated it is to do spontaneous. By that, I mean that traveling and traveling without plan, because I've done it quite a bit, takes, and this is also linking back to the deep focus, deep work thing, and focus takes an enormous amount of cognitive time and energy to be even if you're trying to be spontaneous planning mm -hmm. the next leg of your journey or even deciding what you're doing next can not always but for me because i tend to overthink things anyway can take an enormous amount of energy uh, and in this case this this stunt uh, which is commercial in nature and, and promoting the brand but still is taking all of that out because they're saying, well, the destination is random, but we're going to take care of everything for you. So, which is a lot of what I would dream of, generally speaking. And that's the reason why there's so many successful businesses and so many all-inclusive uh, resorts is that you want to tune out and not have to decide anything. But not deciding anything is also not necessarily that much play. It can be, depends what you're doing with your all-inclusive vacation. If you're just sitting there, like, a, you know, just doing nothing and resting after a while, like once you're rested, let's say, I don't know how long it takes, how exhausted you are a day or two after that, if you're doing nothing else than drinking margaritas, there is a slothful, really enjoyable, lazy thing about it. And I'm an expert at that. That whole part of deep work, there's absolutely no problem. I, I've just been confronting in the past week, like, I mean, confronting is a bit strong of a word, but contemplating a little bit how much downtime <laughs> and relaxation time I've had the luxury and just absolutely sloth, complete sloth <laughs> of enjoying in my life. So that part, I, it's not very difficult for me. But yeah, and I'm, I'm rambling at this point. But uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting because you want to be spontaneous, adventurous, play, go on vacation, how do you make the most of it? But they, but you want to keep a balance between over planning because planning does allow you to make the most of it because you're looking at all the different options, considering what you want, uh, planning it in the best way possible so that it works for your timeline, your budget, the people involved, your wife, your husband, whatever, your friends, whoever it is. But there is a whole amount of value in play and spon going spontaneous, going adventurous, but like how do you balance out those two things is, um, I find it's really interesting and it's a very difficult, you can't just answer black or white, which is part of the idea of these conversations. If you could just answer yes or no, then 
we wouldn't be talking for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me see. Let me see if I can tie some of what you said together Please. because because it's uh, there's some really cool stuff in there. So the first thing is the brand Heineken is quite a playful brand. Uh, if I am thinking of the right brand. Yes, and they and they particularly at that moment five years ago or so, uh, I think it was even older, maybe six seven years ago, they had this brand platform going on. Uh, and I can't remember the name of it right now. I have to look. I would have to go look. So by that I mean they had a specific idea that all of their commercials and advertising were kind of sifted through. So a lot of similar stuff came out that was quite playful and adventurous. Uh, and that's they really, don't that's have the same important. at the same at the yeah. And but certainly, like a lot of beer brands, there is a whole idea of. Uh, community what do you do when you're meeting people that you hang out with friends and there's that kind of thing i don't know what they're doing at the moment i would have to go and double check mm. um, so there's that there's that playful side of it there's also what you're saying about the definition of play and the, the uncertainty and then the the exploration and a lot of the time that happens in the summer when we're, maybe when we're on holiday when we're on vacation when we have that time to explore and go on an adventure then the other bit is the planning that allows for play kind of thing that I kind of, I, I kind of hear in that. The, and I think about how my wife and I were saying last week, when we, what do we want from a holiday? And then once we've, once we've planned for it, we'll then explore. But it's a, I think there's, I think planning and, spont and spontaneity can go hand in hand. And this relates to the, another book I read, which I'm gonna come back to after I've mentioned deep work work by Cal Newport. I read it last year, maybe 18 months ago, something like that, a bit less than that. I thought it was great. I started to implement those practices. And what I found is that when I'm, as a teacher, during school time, everything is timetabled. I know exactly what I'm doing when. It's very routine, very, like, I, I base my time around where else, whatever else is happening. And then I'll wedge in spaces where I can just like do nothing or have a random conversation with a colleague. In the holidays though, in the holidays, it's really easy in the school holidays for time to just disappear. And for me to end a holiday, just thinking I've done nothing. I've achieved nothing. Oh my God. And my mum would say to me, doing nothing is really important because you, you know, you're too highly strung and all this kind of stuff. And then I read Deep Work and I was like, well, hang on. No, no, no. I can actually map out what I want to do in the day. And it could be like be thoroughly absorbed in trying to work out a song on guitar. And I love that. And that's playful. Or it could be a, a super intense half an hour, 45 minutes of having to do some marking, which sometimes I have to do in the holidays. And it freed me up to make the most of my holiday time in the way that I wanted to, thinking in advance and thinking about this is what, and, and now my wife and I will do this quite frequently on a weekend. We'll be like, what are we going to do this weekend? And we'll, have a, we'll enjoy the discussion that goes into mapping out what we're going to do in the weekend. Your sound then, is going in and out. It's slightly annoying. Sorry. Oh, is it? Yeah, I don't know if because you're moving your hands in front or what's going on, but. Oh, it, might be, I don't, it might be because of the Bluetooth. Oh, it might be. This, I don't know. It might be undoing that. So uh, I'll keep a bit more still. Thank the, you, sorry. <laughs> I know it's always like <laughs> stifle your self-expression, but no, no, it's okay. The 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 planning what we're gonna do becomes enjoyable. And even if plans change, the very fact we thought about what we're gonna do and how we're gonna make the most of the time makes a huge difference to our experience of the weekend. And I do that in my holiday time, and it makes a huge difference to my experience of making the most of summer and making the most of my holiday time because I've thought about it. And even if I think about it and then plans change, I don't care. I'm, I'm quite happy with that because I got the chance to think about what I wanted to do and then yeah. choose, make that choice about how, what I was going to do. And, you know, my wife, my wife and I were doing it this morning. We were saying, okay, I know I'm going to be like chatting with Willem. What are we going to do after that? Or oh, we could do this. We could do that. Oh, let's do this. We're going to, get some lunch, like pre-prepare a lunch and then drive to the park and go for a walk. Or maybe we won't. 
who knows but that's roughly what we're going to do but things might change you might go to a completely different destination but yeah. i think there's people think that play is just when you do nothing and things just happen they think about the spontaneity but by really planning it gives you a foundation on which to i this is my opinion planning things out gives you a foundation on which to go and explore something sure in a way that you never appreciated but you but would say that because that's what you do though so and I, it's not that I disagree. I agree, right? I agree, but equally, play is. It, it doesn't have to be play. Is also just like go out there yeah. and do it. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it depends. It's just the presence of play doesn't preclude the planning or the spontaneous. Agree. Or agree. It, and it, I mean, it doesn't come after either. It's just like it can be. By the way, you can be playful in the planning. Yes. But it all depends. And this is just going back to like the underlying stuff that we keep talking about that has come up in several episodes, knowing yourself and the people that you're with, knowing yeah. what you enjoy and what you find playful and how and where you find play. Because if you're use... with a friend or a partner and you're like, yeah, I want to build a plan so we can make the most of it. And the other person hates planning. They're not going to enjoy that moment. And that is not playful. Now, maybe yeah. they'll say, okay, this is not the most playful for me, but I'll do it for you. But that is a conversation in itself. Like, you need to know that about yourself and about the other person. Um, my, my wife actually said to me yesterday, I think, can you help me help us? Like, can we just plan things out a little bit so that, like, I feel like she, she said something like, so I feel I can get the most from the weekend. Something with some phrase like that. Yeah. But, but I think... The, the phrase that I like to use is self-awareness is your secret weapon because we know phrase. ourselves and because we know each other really well. And there's a context of love and contribution and supporting each other and all of that. She can say that and we can do that and we can make the most of it, but it requires that thing we keep talking about. It requires that higher degree of investment in yourself. And the book, the other book I wanted to mention was essentialism by Greg McEwen, and he talks a bit about play and planning and journaling and lots of things. He's, his basic idea is only do what's important. But to, to work out what's important, you have to spend a bit of time thinking about it and planning for it. That is also and, a good point. And the, the, the graphic on the front of the book is really cool. It's got this big scribble on one side and then this straight line on the other. So when you focus on one thing, make more progress than if you try and do a million things and he talks about having clear boundaries so he gives us an example of like a playground that didn't have a fence and the parents were all worried about where their children would play but then they put a fence on the playground and i think we've talked about this before and then they stopped worrying about because there were boundaries to where the kids would play so there's a whole and I know you might instinctively be thinking about the other side of that, which is like, what about having no boundaries and just going anywhere? But the, I think there's so much in thinking and knowing yourself and the exploration of play. And I've lost the thread of what I'm talking about. So no, no, I'm back to you. This is fantastic. Wait. Because deep work blew my mind. The other thing about... Um, the other, it's the other funny. Thing I I, like, I'm, I'm noticing how self-conscious I am about the new... The new camera angle, and I feel like I'm slouched. It's not good. I normally like you don't see any more than this, and I'm like, oh, I have to pay attention to this part of my body. This is weird. Um, sorry, what was the last thing you're gonna add? The, the last thing I was gonna add is uh, the other thing I lo love about Deep Work is the way he writes and his examples. Very tight, very clean, very clear, very easy to do and implement. And I think. I think I think all my students should read that book and then take it in their own. Time. I mean, I want everybody to read that book right now. I just read it. I devoured it this week, and it was also on my I'm shelf so for the past year. It's been on my shelf for at least a year, I think. I'm trying to remember where I got it. Several people told me about it, but I was given this book, which is awesome. <laughs> I was given this book while I was on a freelance gig in an advertising agency. And they had it left over and the, I believe the chief strategy officer that I know, and I'm trying to remember which, I'm thinking between two different agencies that I worked at that I can't remember which one it was, because uh, I got several books like that. 
yeah, anyway, that, that's so it sometimes happens that they have, you know, I got like I read they read this awesome book and they were like, all my employees on my team should be reading this. And there was some leftover. Uh, oh, wow. And I was like, they were like, well, you're freelancing here, you know, have it. Um, and I heard about it from several other people and you included. Uh, anyhow. And uh, what, did, what did you get from reading the book? What did you what did you discover? What did you learn? What did you love? I know you did a Twitter thread about it. Yeah, this is just the beginning. I, I spent two more two more days on it, and I'm still, I'm not done at all. I'm uh, so I I really love it. It's just it's just probably it's going to become a book review. Actually, summer book review is not bad. I mean, grown ups read them in the summer. Not only grown ups, only everybody does. Um, so, so I loved it, and at the same time, it's it's fantastic and funny that I really really that it has such an impact. It feels like the right time. It feels like I should have read this ages ago, although it was only published four years ago, three years, three, four years ago. Oh, is that all? Yeah, it's published oh, wow. 2016, I believe. Wow. I mean, I think it's 2016. First published in the US, 2016. Wow. Okay. Uh, he's done other books. His other books were obviously, I mean, the, anyway. Um, yeah, it, it has, it's having, having an enormous impact on me. Uh, so I should have read this that. ages ago, but so it's happy. the right time now. And the really funny and ironic thing is, at the same time, this is like me saying that I had an enormous impact by suddenly discovering that to be losing weight, I should eat less, better, and exercise. It's like all the shit that I read in this book, I knew. For the vast majority, not everything, but for the vast majority. It's me like too. principles that are completely obvious, shit that I already know, shit that I know I should be doing. But it was bringing it up in a way that was, that is really, really tight and made me reconsider, it is making me reconsider a lot of what I'm doing uh, in an awesome way. And I started, mm -hmm. I, I, I've been taking detailed notes uh, in, in Rome about the book. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and there's a bunch of other stuff going on in Rome I'm barely following. That's also fascinating. But um, my, my note taking up. It's more than a note taking out, writing up. Um, and the other thing is just starting to think through. So some, all right. So it's one of the most important things I think I got from this book is. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This one idea, author, one thing. the author is extremely clear on what moves the needle on his career and what he wants to do. Uh, and I even scanned through a couple of book reviews at the end. Uh, and I, one was written by another professor of university going like, I, it took me years and almost reading this book to realize that what really moves the needle is writing research papers. And I was spending all my time being a better teacher, which is not a bad goal, but it's not recognized to evolve in the career. Uh, and I mean, Cal Newport also says that it's his second, it's his other thing that he's focusing on is being a good teacher. But um so but that's very clear. So, so he I, picks the measure. Is that what you mean? Yeah, he has a very clear, and he didn't pick the measure. That is what the measure so, is. Yeah, because so I want to know what it is for you. No, but I don't know. That's my problem. I know. That's why I asked you. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm looking at right now. That's what I'm looking at right now. So yesterday I spent an hour. I listed all the jobs I've ever earned money for, and how I got them. Uh, so. So anyway, so that's one thing. Then the other thing that was also super important going along with it, which was something that I'm already been, I've already been doing, but I liked his structure and I'm kind of stealing it. Uh, wait, wait, that's the point because it's a practical book. Um, is to look at what are the two or three main goals that you're really, really committed to that are quite wide and two or three activities that are going on with it. So what I what I became clear reading this that I knew already, but that I really need to put the time and the effort. I'm like, you know what, this is it. I really need to do this somehow. Is that one, one way or another, the way that I can express value and develop and generate and provide value is through writing. My, my writing is what I want to develop and the muscle okay. that I want to grow. I've been okay. talking about this my whole life. I've heard, I've heard from some people that I'm pretty good or a, or a decent writer uh, and I want to get better. And uh, so writing is something that I that I knew very well, but I'm getting another perspective on how to uh, put time aside to write and what to write. So what to write is what I'm questioning at the moment. Mm -hmm. 
I've have written a goal. I, I probably needs tightening a little bit on what I'm doing for work uh, and how I express that. A few more, and I had already a lot of different exercises on what do you want and creating it from a lot of different, you know, either books or personal development programs uh, and coaching courses, well, you know, however you want to call it, that kind of world, uh, growth and development. But this was something that I'm. This was something that I was that I got differently, uh, the way that the goals were described. And funny enough, they're described in the context of get rid of social media. That's the chapter they're in. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't really thinking about that, but, but what I, so it was almost a secondary, it's not secondary, but it's, it's, a, it's a much smaller point in the book to say, have those clear goals, but it's something that I kind of knew, but what was, what I was missing is like, what is the activity that is going to move the needle on that goal? and that you should really keep focusing on. And for me, writing is one of them. And for me, and this is something I kind of suspected, but I need to look at further. For example, I really enjoy podcasting. I do. I enjoy the conversations that I have, but I do spend a lot of time on editing and this is not a good use of my time. Oh, the other big uh, kind of epiphany that is completely obvious as well that I got out of reading this book <laughs> is that I am a knowledge worker. I provide, I, I provide intellectual knowledge. And I, I mean, of course I knew this and I've had several conversations with other friends about this. Uh, and there's a French saying that doesn't really translate very well for, which is to produce gray matter. So gray matter as in like brain matter, right? Brain cells. Yeah, brain cells. So, so, but it's it, as in, so the, 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 it's an analogy with producing just something physical, but instead you're producing something intellectual. Uh, so it's, and it's, you know, it's in the vernacular in France that you, that, that's what you produce. You produce just thoughts and shit. Um, uh, and that, so I am that, I am not a podcast editor. I'm, I know I'm not, I'm an amateur at that, but I've been spending a lot of my time doing that. And I, so, and then the amount of distractions that I have is just staggering. I mean, I'm pretty sure like everybody. And plus he's talking, you know, the author is writing in the context of that will speak to a lot of people that this is embarrassing. I don't even want to say it, but that he has a wife, he has kids, he has a busy job. He has yeah. a lot of different things. He's done a yeah. lot, tons of academic shit. And it's like, he's enormously accomplished. Where am I going to find the extra time and how? That's kind of the premise. I'm like, I got tons of fucking time. I got tons of time. I have a lot of time that I did absolutely nothing with. And and I was also easily going into what the hell have I done with my life? I've done nothing with my life. I haven't done anything. Um, fortunately, and funnily enough, last Thursday, I had lunch with somebody I hadn't seen in 10 years, uh, professional acquaintances slash friends that was really nice to catch up with. And uh, I didn't know very well, but it, it turns out it's not always the case, but it turns out she was genuinely interested in knowing what I've been up to for the 10 years. And so I, I said, I just like, why not? I talked for almost three hours about everything that I'd been doing, uh, particularly from a professional angle, but obviously yeah. all my travels and a few other stories. And, uh, and I have done a lot. I've done a lot of things. The other thing that I got out of this book that I, that I know that I kind of knew, but is that he is an academic, he's a scholar, the author, and he went to MIT, he's done very, very big school. Mm -hmm. I've not, and this is joining back the conversation that I republished this week about should I do a master? I have not been trained in uh, studying thoroughly, writing, noting, I've not at all. So I'm, this is new to me. Mm -hmm. I'm a lot more used to just cruising and doing very little. Uh, and it's not that, no, it's, I'm exaggerating, of course, when I say that, but I, I mean the, the heavy duty work of really thinking, uh, reading in a way to think about what you've read and to think about what it makes you think about, to write that down, to prepare for an essay, to write the essay. I stopped early on that because I only did a year and a half of university and after that I went into practical. So it's not that I don't think about that. Uh, and I think about those things in my work a lot, but I have mm. not been trained as an academic like scholar. Uh, so training in that has value. And it's not that I'm in, I'm totally capable of doing deep work. I do deep work yeah. for my for my job, but it, and I did from the last project I had that was sudden. Uh, but it's so much easier to do it if somebody else gives you the brief, the deadline, and there's money at the end too. 
So there's multiple incentives. I need to impress the people I'm working with so that, you know, it's both my reputation and it's, uh, and I want to do a good job, et cetera. There's money at the end because I need that to survive and pay my rent. Uh, there's the deadline. So that's hugely motivating. All of my other projects are self-driven because I'm self-employed. And even then before that, they are also self-driven because I've self-driven a lot of my life and created it which is great, but I've also spent a lot of time dilly-dallying, which is valuable, but it's more difficult to place value on that. I have to create what the value is. Just like I started writing and looking at what are my book projects and what do I want to write about? What do I want to eliminate that is a distraction? I've been, I tried scheduling my day a couple of times the way he recommends, sort of. Uh, and uh, and I, it's like everything in the book I know really works. It's like I knew that before. Now I'm still looking at, I don't really know. I have, I have inklings of what moves the needle in my uh, job as an independent, but I'm not totally certain. And I, and I also, um, I explore for myself. I've always like, just, I don't, this is going to come up looks cocky, but the, I've kind of covered and did new things newly and differently trying to at least sometimes. So, I know what works generally for a lot of for a lot of peers, but I also know a lot of people who have been doing things quite differently, and so there's questions there's for me to create. I, I suspect writing is going to be an underpinning of that. So, for example, a strategist who is employed in an advertising agency that represents a lot of peers. So, if I had stayed that track and stayed to be like a manager director in an advertising agency, then in all likelihood, I am pretty sure that the most important, one of the most important measures is the number of strategy and effectiveness awards you win. Uh, another one is the amount of new business pitches that you participate in and win. Uh, which is the most important depends on where you are, I think. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, that's one I'm not totally sure of. When you said where you are, you mean in the world? What do you mean? No, I mean, which agency you work for and okay. probably where you are in the world too, but um, which, which continent, which country, which culture, but which agency you're in, what position you're in. Both are, both are strong currencies. Um, there might be one that's stronger than the other, but I'm not certain. But for me, so there I are, don't. There are a few things that you said that I think are worth just picking out. Yeah, sure. I, I talked for a while. So please. Yeah. So. So the first one is the being a knowledge worker and the so much of the work that's done in our economy now is knowledge work. We used to be like way back, agriculture revolution happened, industrial revolution happened, information revolution happened. So now a lot of the jobs that the people I teach might be doing and might end up doing, yes, they don't exist, but it might be using information. And one of the big core points of the book is being able to learn difficult things quickly is going to be true. an essential skill in the economy whichever direction it's going and that is hard and needs deep work really to be yes. able to achieve that which is funny so because that's, that's the premise the main thing the book starts with and the premise and the title and i didn't even talk about that specifically no but but the other interesting thing that you're talking about that I, I realize is knowing what to do that will have the most impact on what you're trying to achieve, which will move the needle. Now, so much of life in school, in high, higher school, in university, when you start your first job, when you're in a job, the measures are very, very clear. Yeah, I'm Not always, not always. Well, well, I think at school it's pretty clear. I think oh, at school, university yeah. Pretty clear. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. as, yeah, a, yeah. as a teacher, as a teacher, it's pretty clear. Like I can, I can identify them. But if you're a freelancer working for yourself in in an industry of your choosing, it can be really difficult. Yeah, to it, know. It's very difficult it to know what I should be spending my time on, because I never know where my next paycheck and and part of like there's things that I'm regularly distracted with that are part of the life, which is. You know, am I am I okay on my money? Should I be moving? Is what I'm doing? Where is the next paycheck coming from? Uh, those knowing, do eat up a little bit of mental energy. They do. 
completely. But but knowing, and and this is like a, the what I'm probably going to start telling the people I teach is knowing what's going to make the most difference to the thing you want to achieve and doing more of that. That's important, and then that's an important skill through life, and that's that really comes across from what you're saying. Putting the time into thinking, well, what is important really, and then how. Oh, and then the other half, the other side to what you're saying is eliminating what's not important. So getting rid of the, or, or reducing the amount of time on podcast editing and doing more where you're creating podcasts and creating what's useful for people, or however you want to define it. The balance between those two, that's a real challenge, and that's yeah, and it's like the what I want, what, what do I want, and what makes what is going to move, what's what's most important in moving the needle towards what I want. Mm. that comes across and that again is a matter of finding some kind of balance between two areas just like we were talking about between planning and spontaneous i think and then the other thing is the the writing so i wrote i think it was one post way back when you and i we would talk about creativity and writing yeah and and I, that was yes. many years ago you know this and is then, the thing that i talk about a lot creativity no, wanting to write and not having, yes, I mean, it is. having done bits and pieces of writing a lot. Sorry, I'll let you go. Go ahead. Yeah, so the so I started blogging in 2005. And I go back and read the post and go, oh my God, so bad, so bad, so cringy, so, so bad. And the, Do you leave and them up or do you delete them? No, they're still there. Okay. JamesDesouda76.blogspot.com, I think it is. But one of my posts from there is 30 days to improving your writing life. And I took on a challenge of writing one post every day for 30 days. <laughs> and I did it and it, <laughs> I surprised myself because I go back and read the stuff I wrote and I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty good. But I wrote about that process on my blog and I wrote about how to, because there's a process that I teach my pupils about how to answer an exam question under pressure, about how to get the best ideas out on paper, about how to structure it all. And I talked about it way back when we were talking about writing, but it might be something you'd be interested in rereading because if you, because, because I'm under pressure to, like I'll, I'll actually in class take the essay question or exam question, I will write my answer at the same time as the pupils do and then i'll show them my answer and they look at their answer and they go oh my god how do you do that how do you manage to do blah blah and part of me is like well i'm under pressure but the other thing i always come back to and i tell them is the same thing that we always say read the more i read the more it improves my writing here's but another funny thing i noticed and this is just based on what you're saying how do you do this as soon as i finished it and there's like author of you know, so good they can't ignore so good you. They can't ignore you yeah. And I thought, oh, let's have a look at that book and his other books. There's like How to Be a Straight A Student. Another uh, interesting aspect of a lot of vulgarization, nonfiction books like this one, or like the one you just mentioned, or I was thinking I wanted to mention getting things done as well. Somebody mentioned it to me. You've read it. I haven't. Uh, so I'm interested in knowing. Uh, I want to. Ha I have a couple of questions on that. But there's a draw that w wants me to go, oh, I have more to learn from this person or others. I should go learn before I do. And I thought, and I read a couple of reviews, I checked the other books and I thought, well, wait a minute. There's another thing that goes on in this book. While it's very good, it has a very traditional structure of, uh, I'm gonna give you an example, give you a context, tell you what I'm gonna say, say it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, start the new thing. And so, that's also what I mean by, you know, it's like rediscovering that to to lose weight, you should eat better and more. So like to do valuable things, you should spend time on them. It's like, okay, great. Um, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Now, the book is fantastic. It's not what I mean. But what I mean is there's also the time to go, you know what? This is not more time for learning. This is time to actually get down and start doing the work. Uh, and or keep with my original plan. I have a whole reading list. I have a ton of books on my shelf. So now I'm reading this because I've had it for a year and I've wanted to read it. 
And so, and now I'm getting tons of ideas for what I want to write about because this is more closely related to the topics I want to research that have to do with what I want to write rather than looking for more techniques on how to get done what I want to do. Does that make sense? It doesn't make total sense. It can be learning more doesn't mean you get more done. I'm the guy, I'm that guy that reads the self-development book and then does everything it says. I am that guy. So, I am by the way, this is the annoying person. I am pretty much sure this is the first time I read this kind of book and I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to take notes and start doing the exercises. It's it's happened a couple of times before. It's not, not like it never happens. But the fact that, I mean, it's taking me a while. I'm also like, I wasted <laughs> so much time. Uh, and I haven't. I, I haven't in a way. But uh, the past few months, me thinking about what I want to be doing, writing, the conversations with you that are enormously valuable. And I hope they're valuable to other people, but they really are for me. I said I wrote a list of all the jobs I got. I also started writing different sections, not as detailed, about like who do I want to hang out with? Oh, who wow. do I want to spend time with? <laughs> oh wow. That really is gonna be, you know, that really forms what I want to be thinking about. That is motivating, that is inspiring, that is interesting. And who are people maybe that are not that much that I appreciate, but maybe I don't want to spend that much time with them necessarily. This is might wow. sound like it's mean, right? But <laughs> well, maybe it is. I don't know. But, but it's it's more to think about. It's more to think about. It's not really to write a list of the people who don't I don't like. It was more to think about. All right, who am I not thinking of that would be great to spend a bit more time talking to? That would and forward the things that you want to create in the world. It also because one of my other objectives is uh, is to be in a relationship. So, and I've had a few dates, not so much now. And this is a weird month. I've also funny, I talk about dieting. I have started a diet. Um, yeah, because I've, I've gained a bunch of weight and I want to get back to exercising as well. I mean, to get back to, I never really exercise. Uh, I do a little bit, sort of, uh, a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I've had, I've, had, I've had dates that have not been that great or not, nothing bad, just... I'm like, all right, you know what, this is okay, but it's not, I'm not finding this super interesting. Uh, and again, this might sound horribly arrogant. It might sound mean, I don't know. But knowing whether this is going well or not, whether it's a date or a friendship is also very valuable to be able to eliminate things faster. And the author of the book is pretty ruthless and he's not even as ruthless as some other he talks about, uh, which is interesting. Last point before I hand over back to you, one area where I don't know that I'm so much with him and the author, uh, although I understand that's his perspective, is his whole very strict delimitation between the, the work day, what he does after and the weekends. But he has, that's has also his thinking and his circumstances that delimitate that. So meaning he doesn't work after 5.30, he's got his kids to take care of and his wife, which is great. Um, but then he blog he put he blogs in the evening, so there's still that. But um, whereas I've been more interested in like how do I blend both work and personal so that's just one thing, not separate. But it makes sense to my lifestyle and my career. So again, so more about looking at how you operate, which he does he does talk about in the book. He's like you you know this is you have to figure out how to apply this to your own circumstances in your own life. So that no, again, I think that was I, a lot. I I I did agree. I kind of agree with you about the delineation. Okay, work, not work, or whatever. But when I, when I bring your ideas about play and the things you talk about play into the whole thing, then I could be playing everywhere. You know, when I exercise, I'm basically bringing play to my exercise. I do a lot of quirky workouts with a kettlebell and swinging a sledgehammer around. But to me, that's as much play as this conversation. Yes. As yeah, when I'm trying to write something or whatever it is, but to me that was great. And the thing, the other thing I love about the book is the how I choose to spend my time. Yes. That was a, that was a that was a huge deal for me, and mapping out the day and then being okay with it changing. Yes. Because I used to be super scheduled and then get annoyed with myself when it changed. Where he's like, no, schedule it, rechange it around around the things that are important to you. So I just extended the day and do it like everywhere. So yeah. I do it at the weekend and that made a huge difference to me. What I'm really intrigued about to know with you, Villain, is what are the things I really want to like, and maybe I know you're in the process of thinking about it and you don't know. 
what are the things that you're going to do that will make the most difference? Writing seems to be one. Writing is one. Seems to be no, but write, what, writing what is what I'm working on. So here's what the other thing I, I, I think I identified. So social media and having a reputation is important uh, somehow. Now, I already don't spend that much time. Well, I don't spend that. So I do spend time just being distracted on social media for sure. Uh, I don't spend all that much time engaging in a lot of conversations or thought pieces or, or even just any thoughts with people on Twitter, even though I am in link. So uh, sorry, I'm just getting off my point. My point is, I know that what I've done a lot of that allowed me to get into this industry and to have my job in the first place, I believe, was to learn mm -hmm. from and engage with uh, my peers, who are now my peers, people who are strategists and or directors in advertising okay. agencies. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, those are the people that were likely to be able to employ me when I was first looking for a job and subsequently when I was looking for a job. Mm -hmm. What I have not done that much, very little of, to be honest, I've done, a, I've done some, but, and I think that there's a key there somewhere uh, is to be valuable to the people that I would now want to have as clients who are, business owners or marketing directors. And so I think that I somehow, so I know that somehow to move the needle, I need to still engage and be valuable and relevant to uh, peers for sure, because when they need a freelancer, they might hire me, etc. I call, I say peers and people, you know, just people in the advertising agency world, let's say, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and senior people, presumably. Although, of course, I'm available for juniors and students, or I make myself available as well, uh, because that's how I got a job in the first place, because thanks to the generosity of people who made themselves available. Uh, a whole other, it's not a whole other topic, but not far off. Um, but because I've mostly worked with advertising agencies, I have worked directly with some clients, but mostly between 2011 to 2013, two, no, sorry, 2011, 2013, yeah, it was about 2012, sorry, half of 2012, when I was freelancing and traveling. That's the mm -hmm. moment I did a little bit after that, but that's the moment I did the most working with small to medium businesses and online businesses while I was working and traveling. Uh, and since I've mostly worked and contracted with advertising agencies with saying I want to work consulting directly with, with businesses, having done very little of that. Um, so I think that whatever it looks like, I need to keep one side work out what I want to develop as my point of view. Uh, what is it that I'm selling, which is going to look like somehow, to, which I've been working on for the past few months. So I have a few things. I haven't really published any yet. Um, and, and yeah, being of value to business owners, which business owners, how exactly all of that is still remains to be seen and keep developing my my reputation, but look at the ways I want to be doing that. And and this is very difficult to say what moves the needle on that. Uh, and whether podcasting is a thing that is gonna do that, writing a newsletter or not, but writing contributes to writing the podcasting, I'm like, should I stop? I don't know, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoy mm -hmm. it, but but I'm behind, I, I, I don't know. Should How much more stuff in French should I do? I have a lot of questions that I don't necessarily have hard answers to. Uh, I'm going to probably go and talk to some people, but I also think I have enough information to, to, to trust myself and figure out to a few, a few, uh, make a few choices, basically. That was such uh, a great thing you did where you, where you started to look at all the jobs you had and how you got them. I think that's such a powerful thing to do. Well, you know, very few of them. Now you can never quantify. It's difficult to quantify because there, here's another thing. I have I had an offer through somebody introduced me, and I had a call early this week about not an offer of a job. Sorry, sorry, but somebody oh, okay. somebody starting a new nonprofit something, uh, and uh, was looking for support, and mm -hmm. I had a conversation with them, uh, and in reading getting things done, uh, in reading deep work, I want to talk about getting things done. It's already past twelve. Sorry. Um, Anyway, in reading the book, I thought, no, I, I, I saw so I declined their request. I declined their thing uh, because it, it's a great cause. I wish them all the best. They're doing really good stuff. 
but it's mm. completely out of everything I'm interested in. Well, no, out of everything I think is going to be my immediate interests. Mm. Uh, and by that, I mean local, close to home, mm. uh, and or closest to my line of work and interests. Uh, now he talks about saying no in I did exactly that. He talks about declining opportunities because you know what's important. This is one of the, so, the key things in One of the reasons I would have said yes otherwise is for the sake of practice, of serendipity, of things like that. And, and I count on serendipity, but I have no idea. Even serendipity, you're like, well, things have to be invested in a certain area for them to come back in that certain area. Of course, you never know, but you can't spend your time on everything. And I tend to spend mm -hmm. my time on a lot of different things that I don't know what comes back to that. And by I, the way, I, just I, so I, you know, the, the my tally of all the gigs I've ever had, yeah, uh, it's not rocket science. It comes through, all of my jobs have come through personal or family connections uh -huh. uh, or applying for the job. Uh, and the last few, only in the past few years, not only, not only, but cer certainly since I've been a freelancer, there has been occasions and instances of a callback. I worked with somebody in the past. They really enjoyed me. They called me back. So I need a lot more of those. But I tend to, I tend to, I think I overestimate the amount of opportunities I have gotten or get out of contacting people on LinkedIn. So it's not a bad thing, but it's very time consuming, actually, surprisingly so. Um, and all that time consumed as if I'm a sales guy counting my contacts because I have been trained in that because I have worked sales a long time ago is good, but it's not investing the time in what makes me a better strategist. Yeah. I was going to say that LinkedIn seems to have evolved over the, the lockdown. And I have some friends who they put posts on LinkedIn. They get a lot of engagement and they're, they're writing about what interests them. So there's a, one of my friend's contacts is a guy who fits double glazing in in the uk and his posts are written very straightforwardly i think i've told you about this guy very straightforwardly very clearly very down to earth and he gets his business from the posts that have a lot of engagement on linkedin he fits double glazing is so i think it i think there's something for you on that platform writing about what about brand, play, planning, whatever. I think there's something there, but I think this is a general point about knowing what, yes, all the stuff we've been talking about this episode about knowing what you want, knowing what actions are gonna make the difference to move, move the dial, move the needle on to get you there, but also knowing who you are, what you're really good at, what the value you provide is, and then providing it to the people who want that value. So there's no point in me talking about teaching to uh, LinkedIn necessarily, unless it's specifically teachers on LinkedIn. There's no point in me talking to, I don't know, like uh, married men on LinkedIn, whereas writing on, I don't know, the Good Men Project or Fatherly would be more useful, or pitching something to them would be more useful. So it's, you know, if you... You got to be able to find who is who's going to be interested in what you're talking about, and then provide them value. I think that's what I mean. Does that make sense? Yeah, what I'm saying. Sure. But but I think and we can something circle some. Sorry, you, go ahead. I think there's something for you about what you're saying about brand strategy and play and businesses and writing something on LinkedIn because of that because of what I've seen and how how people sure. I know are using LinkedIn. Yeah, and I know, I mean, writing on business is one of the, I know that it is one of the currencies that I have not been practicing as much as I should have at all, uh, mm. which is just writing kind of like, let's call them thought pieces, mm. opinion pieces and thought pieces. Uh, because I usually go to a place that, oh, it's just kind of wasteful and nobody cares about my opinion. It's like another opinion in a sea of opinion, so who cares? Which is true, mm. but actually that is currency in my job, so... But ultimately, you're being surely ultimately when you put together a brief or when you do work for a client, they're paying you for your opinion. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's how I hear it. 
Yeah, I know, but the, 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 I don't know if it's lazy first or some other thing first. I usually tend to think, oh, the others are better than me and they have more interesting things to say. And my opinion, and it, there's so much opinion out there that who cares? But mm. that's one way to go, which is not very useful when actually exactly as you said, people do pay for my opinion, so they want to have a sense of what it is. Mm. And I think there's something so powerful about play and this court jester and all of the things that you can provide yep. something there. yeah and we can circle all this back down to say that actually your vacation are a good downtime to think about all those things oh that's brilliant yes your yeah summertime is when i do all that thinking about the big questions do yeah, i want to be you do that on a beach you <laughs> could do that while you can like in a canoe you can do that you don't it doesn't have to be writing at your desk on the mm. contrary when the time comes in the case of your students when fall comes and school starts you better have a good sense. It doesn't have to be plan by plan, but this is, and this joins back the idea of productive meditation in the deep workbook, I think. Mm. Basically, read that book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was more like the summer book review. <laughs> so it works perfectly because that's what we do in the summer. Yeah. And so not only read the book, do what the book says. Cool. Thank you very much. Um, Thank you very much.